2: It is. The Reds
3: became the first team to sweep the defending champs this season, and they are now only a half game back of the Brewers in the National League Central. And guess what, folks? More reinforcements arrive today. We will catch you up on what was an awesome weekend down in the Lone Star State on today's Locked on Reds. Let's go, Jeff. You are locked on Reds.
0: are locked on the hottest team in Major League Baseball. And I'm your host, Jeff Carr, alongside co-host Stephen Offenbaker. We are lifelong fans of this Cincinnati Reds ball club, and we've turned an addiction into information for you. I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to us talk some baseball with you. I want to encourage you, if this is your first time, make sure that you drop us a line on Twitter if you're listening on your favorite podcasting app, or hit us up here on the YouTube channel and drop us a thought in our comment section, because talking reds is what we do. And we want to talk reds with you. You can get even more reds insight and get a direct line to me by texting. I'm in to 513-597-0944. As always locked on reds is part of the locked on podcast network. We are your team every day. And if you listen every day, let us know that you're in every day or down in the comment section. And if you're in every day, you're probably almost. I don't think you are, but you might be as excited as we are because this team is amazing and there's so much to get to, whether you're talking about roster moves and things like that. We're going to look at some interesting decisions they have to make with the starting rotation this week, coming up later in the show. And I mean, the winning streak, what this team has done on the road trip. There's so much to talk about where this team has proven a massive, huge thing that we will talk about coming up in just a minute, but the biggest massivest news of the day, Joseph Daniel Votto is back.
3: If you missed it, He has tweeted out a thank you video to the city of Louisville, to the organization, to the doctors, to the trainers. Uh, The Louisville bats answered him back online, thanking him for the time down in Louisville. Now at the time of recording, Jeff, we haven't seen the official transaction, but it is coming. Joey is driving a bus back up to Cincinnati. He's going to meet the team on Monday. He's going to be, or today, he's going to be activated today. Uh, He's going to probably be in the starting lineup. Tonight, Joseph Daniel Votto is back. And that really leads us to having to ask the question we have avoided, Jeff. What Joey Votto are we going to be getting in the Cincinnati Reds lineup?
0: It's going to be very interesting, Steve, because, and I did see it also in writing in the Cincinnati Enquirer, new Reds beat writer Gordon Wittenmeyer, uh, wrote a piece about it on Sunday evening. So it's official. I mean, he's coming back. This is not us saying, yeah, we think it's going to happen. He's back today. And it's interesting because the Fangrafts preseason Zips projections were pretty mid about Joey Votto. And this was before they knew exactly how many games that he was going to play. Zips had him projected to play 101 games. He's not going to get to that now. We're past that point in the season. And they had him slashing 233 with a 338 on base and a 425 slugging percentage, 233 being the batting average. And when i see that i'm like you know what that that's okay but i really think and actually too if you look at some of the projection systems for the rest of the season they're far less bullish than that i saw one that had not projected to hit 209 for the rest of the season like that's going to have some interesting question marks there here's what i know with Joey Votto back and we talked about this on uh, the podcast last week he is very likely to hit like sixth or seventh in this lineup. The Reds are not, as much as it's crazy to say this in the year of our Lord 2023, the Reds are not going to be counting on him to be the key run producer. So, as far as power goes, whatever he gives them is a plus, but also his on base percentage, his on base ability is going to be so key for a bottom of the lineup that has been pretty inconsistent so far this season i mean when the bottom of the lineup's been rolling this team's been rolling and he might be able to be the
3: catalyst for that bottom third of the order so the real question here jeff i think we've got to ask ourselves is who joey Votto is replacing in this lineup yeah are are we going to send or part ways with somebody where Joey Votto has a reasonable expectation to be better and provide more than what that person has provided. You know, if we're talking about they abandoned the three-catcher plan and they released Kirk Castelli, well, then, yes, Joey Votto is going to provide more. If we talk about them sending down Stuart Fairchild, then statistically we would expect that Joey Votto provides a little bit more than that. Uh, I doubt that it would be Kevin Newman. I think that he'll probably be the last guy they part ways with. So I won't do a comparison there, but I think they're running out of options for guys to get rid of, to make room on the roster for Joey Votto. So you, you look at that. Who's he replacing? The second part of this is what do we expect uh, as a reasonable number statistically for him? And let's, let's use my favorite one for in season. And that's OPS plus. What are we expecting that Joey Votto will be in comparison to league average? Now, you know, do I think he's going to come up and be uh, anywhere near his career? His career OPS plus is 145, Jeff. I don't think he's going to come anywhere remotely close to being 45% above league average as far as It'd be amazing if he did, but no. It it would. But so, I mean, let's look at how he was last year with one arm. Last year with one arm, he had an OPS plus of 88. Mm -hmm. So you know, 12% below league average. The year before that, 2021, do you know what his OPS plus was, Jeffrey?
0: Was it 133, I think?
3: It was 139. He was 39% better than league average. Had the one arm still yet. So I would expect, my guess is that Joey Votto would not come back to the major leagues, put himself through everything that he has put himself through if he didn't expect that he could come back and be a 100 OPS plus guy. If Joey Votto comes back and plays league average, I consider that a win for Joey, a win for the team batting in the seventh, maybe even as low as the eighth spot. Yeah. You can't go wrong there. I'm, I am fine with bringing Joey Votto back because I think at, pitchers will respect him enough being that low in the lineup that it will be a disruption to what they try to do it'll be a disruption to how they pitch it will allow other players in this lineup to see better pitches and i think it will overall have a positive impact on the lineup as long as joey's around league average
0: i i totally agree and i think that that Is a very reasonable expectation. Like I almost would say 110 on the OPS plus, but even that might be slightly a bit of a stretch. I I agree with you. It's going to be probably closer to 100 than it will be, you know, 120 or something like that. But when I also look at this and there's been a question asked a couple of different times by a bunch of different people, will his return disrupt the team? No. No. He's been with the team all year. I mean, he's been in the locker room all year. Th- this is not something where his personality is being added into a mixture that did not include him in the locker room for the first, where are we at here, uh, 73, 73 games. So he's he's been around. Will his uh, presence in the lineup disrupt things? No because he's going to bat in the bottom third of the order. And I firmly believe that's where they will put him. I, I would be surprised because David Bell would have to have some weird, uh, maybe mixed something mixed into his coffee in the morning to put Joey Votto like fourth or third or fifth in this lineup, because is he better right now than Jonathan India? No. Is he better right now than Ellie de la Cruz? No. Is he better right now than Spencer Steer? No, so you're definitely not putting him in the middle. So he's going to go into a spot where he is going to bolster the bottom of this lineup. The value that he brings is so different from what we were saying. And I know that we, we were banging this drum all off season, that he's going to have comeback player of the year stuff. He's going to be winning awards and leading this team. I'm not there anymore, but. He is going to provide lots of value to the point that, yes, this lineup's about to get better if we thought that could actually
3: happen. <laughs> you know, the, the thing with him, Jeff, is that I believe that down there in the bottom of the lineup, he will excel. Now, if he yeah. comes back and, you know, look – we, you and I have both learned along the way to not underestimate what Joseph Daniel Votto can do. Never doubt and when Joey. he decides to go on a tear, he can go on a tear. And I'm not going to doubt him until proven otherwise. That being said, if he gets down there in the seven hole in this lineup and is knocking the cover off the ball and plays his way into the third spot, cool. That's fine. He's Joey Votto, and if he's performing well and he they move him up, great. Uh, but I'm with you in that I think David Bell will be smart about this, and I think that he will be cautious. I think he'll put uh, not only you know Joey Votto in the best position to be successful, but he'll put Joey Votto in the best position to provide uh, a bump to the team. Uh, you know, if we're looking at how Joey's performed so far, we all know it was a terrible. Round one of his rehab assignment yeah. down in Louisville came back too a false soon. Try new start. things. It was a false start, absolutely. Uh, since then, if you really want to look, if if you want a number, Jeff, if you want something to try and hang your hat on to say, you know, what are we getting in Joey Votto during his latest rehab stint? On base percentage, three eighty five. That's what we want.
0: And and if you can get on base at the bottom of this lineup and flip the lineup over to the top, that's really the job if you're looking for consistency from the bottom third of this order. And if he can be the catalyst, if he can lead that, and you're talking about Joey Votto's going to consistently get on base in front of Will Benson, or he's going to consistently get on base in front of, you know, whoever's batting in the eighth or the ninth spot. And then you're able to maybe, you know, bunt him over even look at like late game scenarios maybe the reds are tied or only down by one or up by one something like that and he gets on base then you drop in that pinch runner and you can really do some things so I think there's so many strategic advantages to having him in the bottom of this order and there's so much that we have to get to about Joey Votto for the 2023 season we're not going to get into all of it here we're definitely going to be talking about it as the season moves along and probably tomorrow I'd kind of like to discuss what uh what your take is on you know is this his last season but for right now Joseph Votto Joseph Daniel Votto is back
3: and this lineup just got better if you thought it was possible Well, listen, this road trip, Jeff, has proven one giant, enormous, big thing about the Cincinnati Reds. And coming up, we'll tell you exactly what that is right after this. Today's episode is brought to you in part by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay motors with eBay guaranteed fit. You can make sure every part you need fits right. The first time around, just add your ride to the my garage section and look for the green check mark to know that the part will fit or your money back because just like in sports confidence is the name of the game. When you shop on eBay motors and with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right prices, the right parts, the right fit every time on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply the reds start a three game series against the rockies tonight at great american ballpark and listen let me tell you the rockies are a terrible terrible road team if you're yeah, looking baby. to watch the reds win some baseball get out to gabp tonight first pitch is scheduled for 7 10 p.m eastern time and if you can't be at the ballpark well you can catch every pitch of the reds hometown broadcast with sirius xm just download the sxm app and search the word reds as always thank you so much for making Locked on Reds your first listen every day. Every dayers coming up on our next show, we're going to talk about the return of Joey Votto. We're going to talk about the opening of this series with the Colorado Rockies, and we're going to talk about how David Bell is going to continue to try and get all of these players time and at bats and on the field. Uh, The Reds have a great problem brewing, and that is too much talent for not enough spots, and it's been a long time since we could say that. Uh, Speaking of talent, Jeff, this team has gone on a winning streak baby eight wins in a row eight and one on this road trip uh this is the first eight and one road trip since 1972
0: you know what happened that year (laughs) what happened that year jeff they went to the world series steve i i love what this team has done Over this road trip, we were saying, and then there was plenty of people that were saying, oh boy, you know, Astros, we're going to learn a lot about this team this weekend. Well, if you didn't learn that this team is serious, then you weren't watching this team has what it takes I'm saying it right now and I know we still have plenty of season left to play but this team has what it takes to win the NL Central as is and I'm sure they can get better and they can kind of you know solidify this status throughout the season but based on what they've done Steve this is the longest winning streak since when
3: uh probably since 2012 and you know what happened in 2012? They won the the National League Central. That's right.
0: And they won. So 2012, they win 10 games in a row. This winning streak right now that the Reds are on is actually tied with the second longest streak. The 2006 Reds went on an eight-game winning streak, actually about this same time during the season. That is the second longest winning streak in the 21st century for your Cincinnati Reds. Like this team right
3: now is, is really on a different level. Yeah. I I wish the people could see Jeff just how many times through this weekend series I texted you this team is so exciting to watch I'm so excited I'm so (laughs) fired up it was like every five minutes I felt like I was texting you that they went down to Houston and did a job Jeff you know you're right a lot of people were saying that this series was going to tell all of us a lot about the Cincinnati Reds a lot about this team and I think they answered a lot of questions here's the first thing Jeff they scored 21 runs in a three-game series against the defending world champion a team with the lowest ERA in Major League Baseball entering the series. Say that again. 21 runs against the lowest ERA in Major League Baseball entering the series. They roughed up a tremendous pitching staff. If you were wondering about the
0: legitimacy of this lineup, about the consistency of this team to be able to score runs. You say, oh, man, there's a lot of guys that are just catching fire, and I bet they're going to just start to burn out here soon. We're about to see them run out. Well, we haven't seen it yet. And I'm talking about, I mean, the 21 runs, 19 of those came on Saturday and Sunday. Like two games, they scored 19 runs. They won a two-to-one ball game in Minute Maid Park like they're doing all of this in the Astros turf man Th- this is not something where it's like yeah they, they came home and and sure you you can talk about the fact well the Reds didn't face Framber Valdez yeah I'm, whatever dude you, you play the guys on the field like well I mean, I mean David Bell's not gonna walk out of the dugout and be like no 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 we we, we deny your starting pitcher please bring out Framber Valdez like you can't do that so when you see those guys on the other side of the field, you gotta win. That's what this team does, and it's with Matt McClain, it's with Ellie De La Cruz, Jonathan India had a beautiful series. He hit two home runs the final two games. He's now the first Red to hit ten home runs. This, or I think Spencer Steer actually tied him. He hit a home run on Sunday as well. So we now have a couple of double digit homer guys for the Reds finally, but uh, this team was still winning by aggressive base running. There was lots of steals, and sure, there was a couple of guys thrown out by the Astros catcher, but this team, every single night, you know what you're going to get from them. They're going to be aggressive on the base paths. to say nothing of L.A. De La Cruz had the first slide into first base, and they're going to
3: cause problems for opposing fielders. And you just spent a lot of time talking about the guys they won this with. Let me tell you who they won this series without. For the large part of it, they won this series without Alexis Diaz wrapping things up at the end of the game. Now, I know Ian Jabot got into a little bit of trouble yesterday, and a lot of people were questioning, well, why aren't you using Alexis Diaz there? Is Alexis Diaz unavailable? What's going on? I don't have a problem with them trying to start protecting the amount of innings they're using Alexis Diaz. You know, we're now... Quickly moving towards July. If they want a a solid, healthy, dangerous Alexis Diaz all the way through a playoff run, I'm going to say that again, all the way through a playoff run, they have to start managing his innings. Now, hopefully they find closer 1B, somebody they can put opposite of him. Hopefully someone establishes themselves. Maybe it's Buck Farmer, Farmer, maybe it's Lucas Sims, but neither one of those guys are quite there yet but hopefully they get there and then we get into a situation where it doesn't matter because they can go every other day but i like the fact that david bell didn't just immediately go to him yesterday because uh, i feel like at some point you have to start being careful and if they start now then when we get to september and really need him we can use him.
0: yeah and Big time save for Alex Young. He pitched phenomenally well there in that 10th inning. Sure, the Astros did get one run, but I mean, the Reds scored three in the top half of the inning, which is the name of the game in extras. You got to get more than one run because it's very likely the home team is going to get at least one run, but just beautiful pitching by him. And I I agree with you about Jabot. I think Jabot, if you're like breaking down this Reds bullpen and you're going A-B squad like A. I think it's, you know, you go Sims and Diaz, one-two punch to end a game for the A squad. So then the B squad needs to be like Jabo, and then maybe it's a buck farmer, or maybe they go trade for a Roldis Chapman or something like that, and you add that as your B closer. But I, I really... Don't know that I'm ready to put Ian Jabot there. I think earlier on in the season we were talking about him as possibly the leader of the B squad, but now I kind of think that he's best suited for a middle relief slash setup role. But overall, just this this team has performed so far above expectations. Like I I would not have said, and Steve, you know me. Nobody's more optimistic about the Cincinnati reds than I am, but this spring training, if you'd ask me if at any point in the season, the reds were more than one game above 500, I'd say, well, they won two out of three against, or the first two games against the Pittsburgh pirates, uh, of, of the entire season. And they went two and zero. that's when they were two games over 500 not on June 19th, like, and, and now they've got a shot. I mean, the Rockies are beatable. Austin Gomber has had a really rough season so far this year, and Austin Gomber, not good against left-handers, despite being a left-handed pitcher. Dare I say Reds got a chance at nine
3: wins in a row? Let's go. They, They absolutely do. And listen, there's one more thing I feel like we learned about this team yesterday, Jeff, and I love it when I can plop things in that we didn't put in the notes. You know, watching the Reds yesterday, They played terrible defensively. The outfield at times seemingly had no clue what it was doing. Fraley's fallen down. Will Benson is falling down, diving for balls that he had absolutely no business trying to dive for. Jonathan India threw a ball 15 rows into the stands. If there wasn't a net, (laughs) I mean, there was a lot of bad defense going on. They blew a lead in the ninth inning and still they won the game. This team has no quit. This team is full of fire. This team wants to win. If you doubted this team at all up until this point, I hope that this series down in Houston dismissed every remaining doubt that you had about the desire of this particular group of Cincinnati Reds to want to win the division. They want to win, and they want to win now. That's a key point, too.
0: Like, if you can win a game when you don't have your best stuff, you're a good team. There you go. I said it. Reds are good. And, and I love it. Like they have a legitimate shot. They have what it takes to win this NL central. And yes, a lot of it has to do with the fact that the NL central is not very good, but you know what, you know what happens when you are the best of a bad division, you'll win the division and you go to the playoffs. Let's do it. Let's do it. You know, Steve, the reds have a key rotation decision coming up this week. And we have the plan for you coming up next. Before we talk about what that plan is, though, want to let you know the Reds and Rockies get going at 7, 10 p.m. Eastern time tonight. Brandon Williamson toes the rubber against Austin Gomber. If you can't be at the ballpark, you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just simply search Reds. And you can follow the podcast on all platforms on your favorite podcasting platform, including, uh, right here on YouTube. If you're watching for the first time, thank you very much. Make sure you click subscribe, click the bell to get notified. We have stuff for you coming every single day of the season. You're not going to want to miss it. Also, you can join the community on the lockdown reds discord. There's a link, uh, to join the, in the description of today's episode. And for more Reds insight and a direct line to me, text I'm in to 513-597-0944 and join subtext. All right, Steve, uh, coming up later this week, we are going to see the return of Graham Ashcraft. He went on the 15-day injured list back on June the 9th. So that would put him on track to be back, I think, about Saturday or something like that. Maybe Sunday. And it was for a thigh contusion. I think a lot of this was really a little bit more logistical and be like, yo, sit down, calm down, figure some things out, come back healthy, rested, ready to go. So he's going to probably be ready at the minimum. And that means though, we got to figure something out because this rotation already has five guys in it. And I I think the move is obvious, but there's some folks that are trying to, question what the reds should do with their starting rotation
3: yeah so i ran a poll um uh, and this was actually during the game yesterday jeff so there may be some uh immediacy bias uh, directed at luke weaver here but the question is this uh the reds are going to activate ash crafter this week what changes in the rotation uh, of the 170 people that have responded so far, and this poll is still open. Uh, if you're listening to this early in the day on Monday, that poll's still open. You can go vote in it. Uh, but the choices were this. Uh, ben Lively to the bullpen for uh, Ashcraft taking over, Luke Weaver to the bullpen, or Brandon Williamson to the bullpen. And then I threw in a fourth choice, Brandon Williamson demoted to triple A. The numbers here are a little bit interesting, Jeff. Sixty-three percent of the voters so far say Luke Weaver to the bullpen. Uh, some of that is probably based on him getting smacked around Minute Maid Park yesterday. Uh, he was—they were—he was not really fooling anybody. The the Astros were getting great contact against him. Uh, Weaver battled, but they—they they smacked him around a little bit. Uh, of course, lively. Continues to show flashes, but I don't think a whole lot to to warrant continuing a long term look in the rotation. And then, of course, Brandon Williamson, who has struggled at times, but is considered one of the great young talents in the Reds farm system is or in the Red system as far as starting pitching goes. Sixty three percent say Luke Weaver. Interesting is the second choice. Only ten percent said to send Ben Lively to the bullpen. The other. of the voters said it's going to be something involving Brandon Williamson. Either 15% say send him to AAA or 12% say send him to the bullpen. And this is one of those times where I'm going to have to disagree with the listeners, Jeff. I think that uh, first I agree, number one, it's Luke Weaver. Luke Weaver should go to the bullpen and Ashcraft should take his spot in the rotation. If you're not going to do that, if his $9 million salary or whatever it is that he's making – Sorry, it's million. not nine, $2 million. $9 million is... Uh, that was Mike
0: Miner. No, $9 is Will Myers right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
3: So if it's not Luke Weaver, then I think the second choice is to send Ben Lively to the bullpen. I think yeah. you continue to roll Brandon Williamson out there every fifth day and let him start. So for me... That's what I do. I send Luke Weaver. I put Ashcraft into the rotation, but that leaves us with another difficult question to answer because somebody is going to have to go out. They're going mm-hmm. to have to, you know, make a, make a move to free up spot in the bullpen. So you had an uh, idea of who they should probably send down in order to get Graham Ashcraft back on, back on the roster.
0: Yeah, it's Casey Legamina. I've I've liked what I've seen from Casey Legamina to this point, but the bullpen is really starting to solidify, and I just don't feel like he's one of those guys that's nailed down. Look, if Luke Weaver going to the bullpen is not the move, I'm going to have a rock stuck in my shoe for a little bit because this dude has constantly shown that, sure, first time through the order, he's okay. He still gets smacked around a little bit even then, but once you get to the second time through the order, and if he ever tries for a third time through the order, forget about it. He's completely useless. So give me two or three innings at most, probably just two from Luke Weaver as a long relief type dude and an emergency emergency starter. Like if I were even ranking... You know Ben Lively versus Luke Weaver on a healthy starting rotation when you have Nick Lodolo back, you've got Andrew Abbott in there, you've got Brandon Williamson. I'm looking at Ben Lively ahead of Luke Weaver as far as an emergency starter. So I wanna see Luke Weaver in the bullpen I think that was baked into the whole $2 million contract. It was like, look, if you burn us as a starter, we're only paying you $2 million. We can stomach moving you to the bullpen. And I think that's what the Reds should do here. Uh, But kind of like you said, yeah, Casey Legomina, I think, should be the guy that uh, gets sent down whenever Ashcraft comes back off the I.O.
3: Now, there's one more roster consideration that we haven't talked about today, Jeff, uh, and this pertains probably more so to the Joey Votto move that we talked about Mm. earlier in the show. Joey Votto coming back to the active roster, they're going to have to find someone to send down, and we talked about who that might be. If they don't cut Kurt Casale in order to put Joey Votto back on the roster— Not only are they going to have to send somebody down to free up a spot on the active roster, but you will recall they moved Joey Votto to the 60-day injured list earlier in the season to free up a 40-man roster spot for one of the transactions that they did. That means they're going to have to free up another spot on the 40-man roster to activate Joey Votto. So the Reds have some options here, Jeff. Uh, All of these are guys that are currently either injured or at the minor at the minor league level, but are taking up a 40 man roster spot. And I wonder who you think they'll go with. Uh, They could they could DFA Alan Buznitz. He's currently on the 40 man roster. Michael Ciani is still taking up a 40 man roster spot. I wonder if he could be a potential DFA. Henry Henry Ramos is on the 40 man roster and in the minor leagues. He could be a potential DFA. Eduardo Salazar is taking up a 40-man roster spot, could be a potential DFA. And then Derek Law, still on the 15-day injured list, a long time past the 15 days, is taking up a 40-man roster spot. He could be transferred to the 60-day injured list, which would be retroactive and free up a roster spot for Joey Votto.
0: If if they're not sure that Derek Law is close to a rehab outing, that's probably the move that they'll do. This is something that I keep thinking about, and I, I know – Most folks would say, well, they got to get rid of the 3 counter plan whenever they make their move for Joey Votto. Here's probably what they're going to do. Fairchild's got an option. They can send him down. And they can get rid of Alan Bussinitz, and it really doesn't affect their 40-man. Or they can move Derek Law to the 60-day, and then they don't have to get rid of anyone at all. I don't think anybody claims Alan Bussinitz if, if they, if they, uh, DFA Michael Ciani, I could maybe see someone taking a flyer on him, but he's still hitting under 200 for the entire season at triple a. It's not as if he is going off. You know, he doesn't have the numbers that even TJ Hopkins had before the reds decided to call him up. I definitely don't want to see Eduardo Salazar DFA. I think that he might have something for the reds here in the future. Um, and Henry Ramos, I mean, you know, six, one, half the dozen, the other there. But I think what's most likely to happen is if you're in Nick Craw's chair, Nick Craw sees an easy way and he can kind of kick the can down the road on the three catcher plan whenever Will Myers is ready or whenever he wants to get up CES and then you, you, then you make that decision. So I think it's Fairchild to AAA and I think you uh, move Derek Law to the 60-day.
3: Yeah, that's where I'm leaning to. I think it's Derek Law because it's retroactive, so it doesn't start a new clock. It doesn't give them a problem if Derek Law suddenly is healed. So I'm with you on that. All right, Jeff, that's probably a good spot to go ahead and wrap it up for today. I know there's tons of stuff to talk about. We just simply can't get it all in today. So make sure you have subscribed. Make sure you check us out every day this week because there's a lot of exciting things to talk about with this Cincinnati Reds team. And before we get out of here, don't forget that you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search the word Reds.
0: That'll wrap up this edition of Lockdown Reds. Thanks, as always, for making us your first listen every day. Every day is on the next podcast. Do we think this is Joey Votto's last season? Then we will dive into that. It's interesting because the conversation, I think, has changed since spring training. We'll tell you why on the next Lockdown Reds podcast.
3: But up until then, Steve, what can people expect from me and you? Well, we're going to keep monitoring the transactions, seeing just exactly what they do. We're going to keep listening for the rumors. We're going to keep monitoring the minor leagues, looking for the inevitable promotion of CES. We're going to gather up all that information and bring it right back here to keep you locked on Reds every single day.
0: Can't wait. Hey, Prime members.